Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Bibles this evening, and I trust you do. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And if you're able to, I'd ask you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 1 is where we'll begin reading this evening. The Bible says this, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. They have authority. They're in Moses' seat. They're the leaders. What they tell you to do, do. Jesus is exhorting them. But do not ye after their works, for they say... And do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. Let's pray. Grace Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for God, the time we've already had in your house today. And I just pray that you would bless this time. Help us all to open our hearts, to be open to the words you would have us here tonight. Lord, just use me as your instrument. Help me to say only the words you'd have me to say. God, we just want to hear from your word tonight. Use us tonight according to your perfect will. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for staying. You may be seated. This is a... is a sermon, it's something that the Lord's laid on my heart. Having worked in Russia, this is a major problem over there. It is a major problem uh, that exists there, and I'm sure it exists here as well, uh, but it is definitely a part of their culture in Russia. Everyone almost you talk to will say that they are a Christian in Russia because they have been baptized in the Russian Orthodox Church as a baby. They haven't been to the church, most of them, since they were babies, But that's exactly the type of religion that is there, is that I do the thing that I'm supposed to do, and then I forget about the rest. I do do the things that those around me might pressure me to do so that they can see me, but then after I've done that, I'm good. You know, it's amazing that if we're not careful, we can fall into the same trap the Pharisees fell into. The title of the sermon tonight is Avoiding the Tragedy of the Pharisee. Avoiding the Tragedy of the Pharisee. Now before we get too far into it tonight, we need to understand exactly who the scribes and the Pharisees were. Now if you've grown up in church, many of you might already know this, but the scribes were those that literally they were tasked with the task of copying down God's word. We have God's Word in our hands today because, first of all, God preserved His Word. But He used men to do that. And the scribes were those, that was their ministry, was to copy down God's perfect Word. 
by hand. <laughs> Sometimes we forget all the technologies that weren't present during the Bible times. If I was tasked with copying down God's word by hand, we would be in trouble. <laughs> I don't have the greatest handwriting. But you can imagine that these men, what they would do is they would slowly and so carefully make sure that every word was the exact same of what they were copying down. Because it was important to them. It was something that, was, that was, they saw as holy. It was said that when they came to the word Jehovah, in our King James Bible, the Lord in all caps, when they came to the name Jehovah, they would stop. They would go and they would cleanse themselves. They would get as close to God as they possibly could. And only then would they write the name Jehovah. So you can imagine when people saw these men around town. They thought, that's a holy man. And many of them were. And the Pharisees were the leaders of that day. They had, we, we look as we study the, the Apostle Paul who grew up a Pharisee, that they are trained as young children in the Bible. They, they, they learn the Bible from a very young age so that, that when they are older, they can teach God's word to the people. Very respected men. And here comes Jesus, this young 32-year-old preacher. And he says, everything they're telling you to do, do it, because they are the authority. And it's right to follow authority. But he says, don't do it how they do it. He says, because they do it to be seen of men. The Pharisees had fallen into a trap. They had fallen into this trap of believing this phrase. And if we are not careful, we will believe this exact phrase. And the phrase is the three points of the sermon tonight. And is simply this. I am spiritual. The Pharisees. First, I. Somewhere along the lines. It stopped being about God. And started being about I. It started being about them. I don't believe that, that all these Pharisees got, over, got to this place overnight. No, it didn't happen that way. The devil has been doing this a long time, my friend. He knows how to get our mindset off of what God wants and our mindset onto what we want. And that's what had happened here. Is the Pharisees, they had God's word. They should have known that the Messiah was standing before them that day. They had the book of Isaiah. They should know that Jesus was coming, that it should be during that time. And then when Jesus stood before them that day and they saw the signs being fulfilled, there was no reason that they shouldn't know that that was the Messiah standing before them. But it stopped being about watching for his will watching for his plan, doing what he wants, and started being about me and what I want. And we can get caught up in that same exact trap. 
Pride is really the oldest sin in the book, really, if you think about it. It's about me, and it's about what I want. It's a battle even after we're saved between our flesh and our spirit. Our flesh is always saying, well, what's in it for me? What do I get out of doing this? Why, why is it always us giving? Why is it always us doing? And if we're not careful, we'll start to compare ourselves to other Christians, won't we? Why doesn't he ever have to do this? Why doesn't she ever have to do this? The Pharisees looked around. And people began to tell them that they were spiritual. And then they started to believe it. They started to think, well, yeah, I am better than these around me. I am more spiritual. They stopped seeing themselves for what they are. Sinners that need a Savior. It's the story of the entire Bible is that we are sinners and we need a Savior. They stop seeing themselves that way. And we can be guilty of it too. We see guests come in this door on a Sunday morning and they look like the world. Let's just be honest. They look different than we do. And we can come to the point and think to ourselves, well, I'm glad I'm not like that. Can't we? It's nothing we have done. It's everything He has done. And we should see them the way God sees them, as sinners that need a Savior. And remember that it's all about what He wants and not what I want. It might make you uncomfortable to talk to people that are different than we are. But it's not about what we want. It's about being the light that God has called us to be. Of course, we don't condone what they're doing. It's like the, my pastor, Brother Gaddis, I love it. He puts it so plainly. He says, yes, come as you are, but God loves you too much to leave you that way. Isn't that good? Because that's how it is. We should invite everybody to church. Invite and have no respect of persons, as the Bible says. And tell them, come as you are. And then once they get saved, show them how there's a better way. Because most of them have no idea. And they just need someone to love them and to show them how they need to follow the Lord. Can't be about I. It's never going to work. Because it's uncomfortable to do a lot of those things. And yourself and your flesh will hold you back. And fight with everything to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. I am. See, the Pharisees had let I take over. And if you let I take over, you get to the point of a finished state or product. That's what the word am means. I'm good. Pharisees looked around and compared themselves to others, and they said, I'm good. We're the best of all those around. I hope God will never 
allow anyone in this room to get to the point where they think that they're as mature spiritually as they'll ever get. We should always be seeking what there is in our lives that needs to improve because we're never going to be perfect. God knew that when he saved us. But our God is worthy of perfection, so we should do everything we can to be as close to perfect as we can be, not for me, for him. We should always be seeking what there is that is hindering me from serving God to the fullest. What might be holding me back? What have I allowed in my heart that is keeping me from being sold out? And that, that isn't a process that happens once in our lives. It's daily. It's why, it's why the pastor and why preachers, you'll hear them time and time again saying, it needs to be daily Bible reading, a daily time in prayer. It has to be a priority in your life that you seek the Lord. It's not just going to happen. It takes effort and concentration and focus. But the Pharisees began to compare themselves to those around them. Have you ever done that? Oh, no, you've never done that. I know. I have. (laughs) I'll be honest. I have. The Apostle Paul was very clear in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. He said, comparing yourself among yourselves is not wise. Why? Well, because there's no good result. Now think about this. My mom always used to tell me, Micah, think about it to the end. (laughs) If you compare yourself to someone that you see is not as spiritual as you are, You'll begin to look at them and begin to appreciate how amazing you are for the Lord. (laughs) What does that sound like? Pride. Which is, side note, which is what most often we do do. (laughs) Very rarely do we compare ourselves to someone that we think is more spiritual. We, 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 We compare ourselves to someone less. So we feel better about ourselves that we're not perfect. And we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. But if you compare yourself to someone that is better than you are, and you begin to see God working in that person's life, you start wondering, well, why doesn't God bless me like that? Well, why is my walk with the Lord not like that? Why doesn't this happen in my life? Why doesn't that? What does that sound like? Covetousness. So where's the good situation when you compare yourself to somebody else? There's not one. What are we supposed to compare ourselves to then? God's word. And Jesus Christ, who was our example. And I, and my friend, I promise you, if you do that, there's not going to be any of, I'm good. <laughs> you read God's word and you'll see the, the, the places in your life where you're coming up short. The places in your life where you need to give it more to God. Where you've got to sell it out and say, no, I can't do those things. Not necessarily because they're wrong, because they're keeping me from being sold out completely to what God wants for my life. I am spiritual. You've heard it said, the grass is 
always greener on the other side. It's a common phrase. I heard this not too long ago since being back. And it was just in passing. I think it was even a song leader said this. He said, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where it's watered. Now think about that. If we would stop looking over at other people's lives and stop comparing ourselves to other people's lives and start focusing on our own life and what God wants for our own life and focusing on His will, all of the sudden, our grass would start looking a lot greener. Because God would start blessing us more because that's exactly what God's Word says to do. But we get distracted. And the devil is a master of distraction. Many times it won't even be with sin. It'll be with something that might not necessarily be wrong, but we get so caught up in it that it keeps us from serving God completely. We can get distracted. And that's what I believe happened with the Pharisees. They liked people lifting them up, putting them on a pedestal. They liked people saying that they were spiritual They liked it so much that generation after generation and eventually came to the point that that's what it was about, is that you are the cream of the crop. You are the best. Everybody looks up to you. And here comes Jesus and shows them God's perfect word. And they choose to ignore it. Because they don't want to give up what they have. They were distracted. And as the Bible says, even the works that they were doing, supposedly for God, they did only to be seen of men. Just so others would think they were more spiritual. We've got to check ourselves daily to make sure that that's not us. Because it can be. We can just go through the motions because it makes us feel better about life. It makes us feel like we're doing what God wants us to do instead of actually seeking God and saying, Lord, what would you have of me? God, do you want me to be a missionary? Have you ever asked God that question? Have you ever gone to the Lord And said, Lord, do you want me to be a missionary? If you haven't, why not? We're supposed to be open to whatever God wants. There should be no limitation on God and what he wants for our life. Have you gone to him and asked him that? Have you gone to the Lord and said, God, do you want me to go to Bible college? Do you want me to be a preacher? Do you want me to be a Sunday school teacher? Do you want me to be a faithful worker here in this local church? Whatever it is, have you given it to the Lord and said, whatever you will, God, not what I want. And it comes down to the final point, spiritual. What is it we are seeking? What is it that happened with the Pharisees and how do we avoid this tragedy 
this trap that they fell into. Well, it comes down to this. It's simple. The important things in the Bible, God makes pretty simple. You ever notice that? Salvation. It's not a difficult thing to understand. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe that this book is truth, that God sent Jesus. He lived a perfect life. He gave his life on the cross. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it as a sacrifice for our sins. And all we have to do for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Simple. And following God and finding God's will, he didn't make it that difficult either. And here it is. It has to be real. It has to be real. It can't be a mask that we put on every Sunday, every Wednesday. It can't be something that we play church so that others around us will leave us alone. No, it has to be real. We have to truly believe that God's word is true and that his will should be my priority for my life. It has to be real. Because if it's real, you'll find God's will. All those other things will fall into place. As you're serving God, because if you truly believe that the creator of the universe wrote down a book as a perfect guide for you and I, then we'd probably read it, wouldn't we? No, think about that. Science can't even explain how big this universe is. That's our God. If you're saved today, that's your Savior. That's your God. He wrote a book personally to you and I. If you truly believe that, why aren't you reading it? Why don't we read it? We have access to his perfect throne of grace. An audience with the almighty God. At any moment, at any moment, where he can intervene on our behalf. If we saw it as real, I think we'd pray more. But so often, I think we get just like the Pharisees. We get so focused on our day-to-day life. We get so focused on what this world is telling us. We get so focused on all the obligations around us. And we choose to miss it. The challenge tonight is for you to simply do this. Get on your face before God and say, God, is it real to me? And if it is, are you living like it? Let's stand. Personally, Father, Lord, I thank you so much. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.